Citizen Deb's year-end recap, The State of the Planet, and My Heart. Have I ever mentioned that a few years ago, as part of a workshop, I created a possibility for who I am in the world? After playing around with various options, I announced to the room, I am the possibility of contribution wrapped in fun. I often forget that, or wonder if contribution was something I felt I should say. I do like fun, though, and think I'm pretty good at it. And come to think of it, I'm not bad at contributing either. Some might say that's an understatement, giving my bossy pants know-it-all tendencies. At least I can say both come naturally. I'd already created this blog, an easily digestible way to help people get their heads around environmental issues and what to do about them, between jobs, dentist appointments, dollar oyster nights at the pub, and so forth. And then I decided to create the book I'm now working on, which is similar to the blog, but longer. Newsflash, longer takes longer. But you can read the latest excerpt on the blog. Oh well, I guess the planet's not going anywhere. And a new year always feels like a good time to regroup. Especially when December saw your full-time gig end and your love life go up in flames. I'll cover the latter down at the end of this post if you're interested. Look for the gas can. Meanwhile, I'll take this opportunity to get us all up to speed on the progress, setbacks, and downright insanity of our society's planetary stewardship, and or lack thereof, so you don't have to. Maybe due to COVID brain, even though I had a fairly mild case of it way back in February, I had to Google what happened in 2022, because I couldn't remember nothing. One of the things I didn't remember was a study on a new Alzheimer's drug that significantly slows progression of the disease. Can I start taking it now? Anywho, skimming through the year-end list was quite a ride down memory lane. In addition to another year of COVID life, we had, take a breath, monkeypox, pig hearts transplanted into humans, a space telescope launched to take very expensive pretty pictures, top secret documents seized at Mar-a-Lago, Putin's invasion of Ukraine contributing to crazy high gas prices for everyone, a $6 billion opioid settlement against the Sackler family, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, the January 6th hearings, plus inflation, more shootings, rising interest rates, a record-setting hurricane in Florida, a historic extratropical cyclone that created a crazy-ass winter storm everywhere else, even earning its own very own Wikipedia page, and a NASA spacecraft sent to slam into an asteroid to see if we could save Earth should a more menacing one ever head our way. Oh, you're missing the visuals on this. I'm going to give you the captions. Top left, stellar nurseries. That's where stars are born, people. Bottom left, which is the some rocket shooting an asteroid. And I hope the little prince was away from home that night. And above right, I love me some NASA, but this old white guy with the bad fillers and the hair plugs is running the show. Not sure I'm okay with that. Also, I wonder how many billions of dollars it costs us to blow up an asteroid versus funding renewable energies to slow climate change, because we know that one's happening. Did anything good go down in 2022? It did. Ironically, it was actually a decent year for addressing climate change. November's COP21 in Egypt didn't get such great reviews. But the fact that Dems controlled the House and the Senate the last two years allowed the Biden-Harris administration to pass H.R. 5376, a.k.a. the Inflation Reduction Act, in August. Sexy, right? It is if you like masquerade parties, because it's basically the Green New Deal rebranded with a name that doesn't freak out conservatives near as much. Just don't tell them it's the same thing. Don't tell them. 
Actually, it's much longer and more active than the Green New Deal of 2019, which was just a short resolution declaring that the federal government should get its shit together and start reducing emissions, creating millions of good union jobs for Americans while doing it. On the other hand, the Inflation Reduction Act is like, here's the actual money and here's what's going to happen. They even put out a guidebook for it last month. I think it was pretty ballsy of the authors, headed by the House representative from Kentucky of all places, to call it something Republican-friendly instead of, say, the Tax Credits for People Who Want to Stop Climate Change Act. Even though I think the latter is quite inspiring, less is more, and right-wingers have come, that I've come into contact with think the Green New Deal was just the government trying to tell them what they can't do. To disarm people... The Committee on Finance kicked off Title I of the Act with this snoozeworthy paragraph on deficit reduction. It goes, except as otherwise expressly provided, whenever in this subtitle an amendment or repeal is expressed in terms of, of an amendment to or repeal of a section or other provision, the reference shall be considered to be made to a section or other provisions of the Internal Revenue Code, Code of 1986. <sighs> My God. Deficit reduction is followed by prescription pricing reform, which I can't imagine anyone objecting to other than Big Pharma, e.g. the Sacklers. And that's then followed by Affordable Care Act subsidies, which ditto. But the next section is the fun part, at least for me, energy security. Technically, this section is all about boring stuff like rebates, tax credits, funding of environmental programs and related federal departments like the Department of Energy and the Bureau of Reclamation, whose name I adore, plus the admin costs associated with all of the above. But the specifics of what it's paying for makes me happy, happy. Right off the bat, just the title of the per first part of this section makes me feel so much less jaded than I felt in a while. Clean electricity and reducing carbon emissions. Because if we're not spending our money to fix something this ex existential, then what are we doing? Am I right? I love the first sentence, too. The act modifies and extends the tax credit, blah, 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 for producing electricity from renewable resources, specifically wind, biomass, geothermal and solar, landfill gas, trash, qualified hydropower, and marine and hydrokinetic resources. I mean, producing electricity from landfill gas and trash? Am I too easily excited? Don't answer that. Biden's senior advisor on clean energy puts it this way. Quote, the Inflation Reduction Act makes a historic commitment to build a new clean energy economy powered by American innovators, American workers, and American manufacturers that will create good-paying union jobs and cut the pollution that is fueling the climate crisis and driving environmental injustice. That's John Podesta. I will not recap the rest of the 187 pages of this, quote, ambitious climate agenda centered on workers, families, and communities, but I'll give you the gist. And I'll share my favorite parts, numbering them as I go. Uh, number one was above. That was the landfill gas and trash, of course. I bet you all these are going to be different than Joe Manchin's, though. The text is filled with stuff like clean fuels, clean energy and efficiency incentives for individuals, clean vehicles, a super fund of some sort, and getting as far into the nitty gritty as a black lung disability trust fund through number two favorite things, coal taxes, bitches. FYI, all kinds of committees wrote different parts of the act, like the Committee on Agriculture, Nutrition, and Forestry. 
(sighs) Forestry. Just the word relaxes me. The crux of their part is funding to the Department of Agriculture, what's the USDA, for programs related to conservation and renewable energy like carbon sequestration, which is muy importante at this point, the generation, storage, and use of renewable energy in rural communities, because storage is everything, and the cost of loans under the Rural Electrification Act of 1936 to resellers to generate electricity from renewable sources. This Congressional Act, the Rural Electrification Act, was huge in 1936. It brought electricity to the more remote parts of the U.S. so more people could go see Charlie Chaplin's moving pictures. In fact, if you Google what happened in 1936, it's the first thing that pops up. A few other things the Act funds that I like are additional support for underserved farmers, ranchers, or forest landowners, as there should be given the big food industry these days, forest restoration, wildfire prevention, and number three, favorite thing, even though I don't know what it is, a wood innovation grant program. Sure, I'm in. It even mentions tree planting activities for Indian tribes. I mean, peace and love, man. The Department of Housing and Urban Development, sometimes known as HUD, also gets funded for some loans and grants, but the loans and grants have to fund projects that address affordable housing and, number four favorite thing, climate change issues. I'll spare you all the zero admission strategies, etc. Then, a Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation gives us something for my rednecks out there, funding to acquire another, number five, Hurricane Hunter aircraft, and to develop sustainable aviation fuel, hallelujah, and low-emission aviation technologies. Whee! So all those billionaires can keep taking their private jets to Aspen for the weekend. Oh, and this is where the fund acts the number six favorite thing, Bureau of Reclamation, which it turns out addresses water supplies during drought. I was hoping the Bureau of Reclamation could reclaim our democracy, but I guess it's just water. (sighs) The Department of Energy, DOE, gets funded next for a variety of programs concerning energy rebates, energy efficiency in buildings, electric transmissions, advanced industrial facilities, etc., etc., like projects that avoid, reduce, utilize, or sequester air pollutants or greenhouse gases. You really can't overfund that kind of thing at this point, right? Also, The act very explicitly provides funding to the Natural Park Service to, number seven, hire more employees, and funding for projects to cover water conveyance facilities with solar panels. Sorry, cover canals with solar panels. It's these details that make me feel alive. This this tweet I saw is number eight of my favorite things, is from a state department rather than the National Park Service. But how great is this? The Washington State Department of Natural Resources tweeted, we're hiring influencers. And by that, I mean firefighters who influence the forest to no longer be on fire. At some point, I start learning not only about new climate-friendly technologies and ideas, but just general stuff I didn't know. Like what, number nine, favorite thing, insular affairs is. To me, it sounds like what happens at those masquerade parties I mentioned above. But actually, the United States insular areas are American Samoa, Northern Mariana Islands, Guam, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. 
and the Act provides funding for technical assistance on climate change planning, mitigation, adaptation, and resilience. And if you can tell me where the Northern Mariana Islands are, you get a prize. I also think the Outer Continental Shelf, otherwise known as OCS, is really cool. As I do with anything that has to do with plate tectonics. The Act expands the definition of the OCS, thus expanding the submerged lands that are available for energy leases, like wind, baby. Ironically, the Department of the Interior is the one granting leases to develop energy on federal offshore land. Please explain. But as I said above, I'm in for it all. Oh, except for a section someone stuck in there on fossil fuel resources. It contains my least favorite bit. The Act limits the Department of the Interior's authority to issue leases and rights of way to develop wind or solar energy on offshore or offshore land for 10 years, unless they offer a certain amount of land for oil and gas leases. Boo. I guess some fossil fuel robber barons got their way on this one. Okay, I'm running out of time, but this act goes deep. It covers everything from 3D elevation, I know, super spicy, to hiring personnel for environmental reviews, to replacing vehicles like school buses and garbage trucks with zero emission vehicles, to, quote, engaging stakeholders. And I'm pretty sure the latter is all of us, which is number 10 of my favorite things. It provides incentives to reduce air pollution at ports. It funds reducing greenhouse gas emissions and other air pollutants at schools in low-income and disadvantaged communities. And it directs the EPA to address hydrofluorocarbons. I was about to tell all the gents out there that there will be no more comb-overs, sorry, but HFCs are actually the chemicals used in air conditioners and refrigerators, not in hairspray. (laughs) Oops. In any case, this act is epic. Semi-related to this topic, we also apparently dodged a bullet in 2022 when Bolsonaro lost the presidential election in Brazil, theoretically preventing the Amazon rainforest from being burned to smithereens. Oh, and I briefly alluded to the COP27, um, the 27th annual UN meeting on climate that went down in November. Part of what they do at these COPs, COPs, is check up on how the implementation of things like the Paris Agreement are going. Ah, snap. Remember the Paris Agreement? The one Hoosie Face pulled us out of when he was in the White House? But just so you know, the main accomplishment, albeit a contentious one, of this Conference of the Parties was agreeing to establish a fund to help poor, vulnerable countries cope with climate disasters worsened by the pollution spewed by wealthy nations like ours. It almost didn't pass. On Sunday at 5 a.m. Egypt time, they were still debating whether those wealthy nations, ours, can be legally held liable for those emissions. Ultimately, they decided, nope, there will be no legal liability for those countries. Just the ire and scathing tweets of Greta Thunberg... So those are my enviral highlights of 22. The low light for me was much more personal, came at the end of the year and has nothing to do with climate change. My steady ended our relationship. Before Christmas, it had little to do with me, which doesn't mean my heart didn't break. But from the get-go, I knew he was a flight risk, so I must take responsibility for my choices. I chose to be with a man who was processing his own bottomless heartbreak. Over the death of his son and the breakup of his marriage, both of which happened within a year of our meeting. 
But I'd never been in a partnership with someone so kind, so vulnerable, and who made me feel so loved, even though the word was never spoken. So what could I do but take that risk? I'd post a photo or two of the many, many adventures of our year and a half-ish together, hiking, biking, snowshoeing, stargazing, laughing, whirling, and long, deep, full-body hugs. But I'm pretty sure I'd have to start popping Tylenol again if I did. That is partly how I got through the worst of the tearful breakdowns, the nightmares, and the decidedly physical withdrawal over Christmas at my mom's, where he had planned to join me for a handful of days of California sunshine. I remembered from an old modern love piece, a study indicating that acetaminophen reduces behavioral and neural responses associated with the pain of romantic rejection. What else helped? Kick-ass friends, a brother who's one of the best of them, and a few days of skiing with my hilarious little nephew, both pictured on the blog. And now I must move forward. Even if my steady and I were to come back together and were to create something where both of us live our best, most awesome lives, it wouldn't be relevant to the game I'm now playing in the world, the game of an adult. And yeah, steady is the old school word we used. I've heard this rumor I don't need anything or anyone from the outside world to define me. Being in that relationship and now not being in it is simply a circumstance. He does not define who I am. And my regret that my temporarily thinking that his presence somehow did define me pushed him away, or he was pulled away by his own issues, or both. And while I make peace with this, I'll have my tears, my mental traps, my parasympathetic nervous systems raging That is all part of my being a human. But as an adult, I have a say in my experience. I can still get the whole pub dancing and singing along to tainted love when my bestie and I do it at karaoke, like last night, or notice the pain receptors firing less intensely each day, like today. So I am declaring to whoever's hearing this that I am able and willing to create my world anew And to relate to this creation as something that's possible, even if I don't see it clearly yet. Maybe it'll have something to do with helping our planet. I do know this. It'll be wrapped in fun. Game on.